I'm so sorry for that intro being so upbeat. It doesn't deserve to be. It it, it really does not. This isn't even this isn't even like a typical intro to like anything I've ever done with you. No, we because you, I, because it's just you know this pre you know me jumping on a few minutes ago. I really like you said a few minutes ago. Really, should just had the mic on then. Like just just sure. get in. But here we are. Oh, I I am. Uh, you go ahead. I, I don't know. I, I'm compiling, recompiling my thoughts to get in on, on this heater because it's 24 unanswered. 24 unanswered? The, the Bears you, are you, done. You, you, you fake out. You try and do a fake out of a, for a freaking five-yard offsides penalty only to go back and run a dive with a stacked box? From shotgun. What the Not even from shotgun? It no even... sneak. No anything. You know, Why? Why? What, what, was the was the Philly push, the, the tush push too big for you? Why, you couldn't run it there? You know, is it in the playbook? I'm not saying it is, but, like, come on. Why? Why? Fields isn't bad as a sne- QB sneak guy anyway either. There's so many fucking questions on that one, and I know I just cussed right there. I don't give I don't, a crap. Like, I don't I, care. It's that bad. It's that bad. Be yourself. Be, be you. I'd rather have Matt Nagy's be you shit be going you. on right now than... <laughs> hey. Hang on. You know what? You keep talking. I've got a great little thing I'm going to bring for this show in just a second. I have it. You keep going, though, because I, I might as well be you, right? Give me a moment. Give me a moment. Yeah, be you. The Bears lose 31-28, to giving up. They were up 21-7 to at halftime, and they lost. Justin Fields had a career day, 28-35, 335 yards, four touchdowns, and he had the late interception. Bears fans, anybody watching or listening, oh my God, leave comments. Like, how are we feeling? I am more mad about anything than I allowed myself to believe that the Bears were going to do anything. They were up that 21 to 7 at half. I literally sat there and said, okay, they're going to beat the Broncos. It's just the Broncos, but they, they, they have it. No matter if the Broncos came down and scored, if they had the same play calling, we were going to be fine. I don't care if it was, I don't care if they won twenty eight to twenty seven. Same play calling. The defense was limping into this game. Everything that's going on, deactivated Claypool. Everything else, the run game looked good. Justin Fields looked better, just standing in the pocket. It was short throws, short throws, intermediate throws. It was rollouts. It was play action. It's everything we've said that Justin Fields needs to do to be successful. And they just couldn't do it. They just could they could not figure it out. And the, the the thing that ruins all of it is at the very end. And I'm okay with it being 28-28. See if Justin Fields can march down the field. It's the very end. And I hate questioning play callers because of coaching. I hate doing it for college coaches. I especially hate doing it for NFL coaches because they know way more than we do. I get it trying to get him to jump off sides. I get it maybe in that moment you try to jump off sides, he audibles to something he sees, and you run it or do whatever you need to do to try to get that first down. I tweeted, go for it. Then they took the timeout. I'm okay with the field goal because then you know just to keep them away, go to overtime if it happens, whatever, gives you a brand new opportunity, whatever. But to call a timeout, to go back out there, and that's the play. I understand. Okay, if you go for it, fine. You call a timeout, go for it, fine. Oh. You made it back. Be, be me. 
you know? Ugh, beat you. Yeah, beat me because I wanted to be freaking Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Because at least the season will be almost over by then. So that we can hit this freaking reset button into the ground, into the bedrock, so I can move the hell on from watching incompetence once again at the position that is leadership for these players to play at their top spot. The thing is, like, I... <laughs> That's the only thing. That's the storyline of the day. Like, the, like the defense you know is ravaged. The offense you know it needed a kickstart, which I'll give you credit. They they kickstarted him. You know, it's a bad Denver team. They have a terrible defense. We knew this was a winnable game because their defense has been acting undisciplined and like garbage for three straight competitions. They gave up seventy points last contest, Steve. This is a team that they we were up 28 to 7 on them, Steve. We had all the momentum, Steve. I just wanted to be Christmas because at least that means Black Monday's coming really damn soon. And I can at least sit here and go, thank God we can talk about someone else. It's happened. This is the ticket. This is the moment in every coach's career that you look back and you say, Yeah, that's what got me fired. This is a fireable game. The the yes. fact that you give up 24, you have everything at your disposal. I don't care what happens. Maybe Luke gets he's the first scapegoat. But someone or somebody is at least on the hot seat. Someone I wouldn't mind should be fired for this because it's a winnable game. Washington next week, as we talked before this show, is no effing slouch. They're keeping it up with Philadelphia right now as we speak and have been playing teams close all year and have a better defense on their side. Holy hell, we have to go into there and play in four days with this type of finish oh my god i i want to be christmas i i i i don't care how out of season this is give me christmas time because that will be close to black friday and it will be a gift for me and you in the best possible way please for the love of god this is the one time i can use the click it remote and be like adam sandler and just skip 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 get to the end that's all i want to do right now well get to the end while you were out being you I went on a rant, and I even sat here and said, when they were up 21-7 to at halftime, then they got up 28-14. to I don't care if we won 28-27. to I would have been fine with it because of how the play calling for offense looked completely different. They finally, finally, because I'm not a Justin Fields guy. We all know this, and I don't care. But if we're going to accept him, you have to call the game a certain way. And guess what they did? They it did. looked beautiful. Ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. I, I, Roll out. I, I, I thought in the first half it actually looked like an Ohio State offense. They said, they said, hey, get that sucker out of there. Someone's going to be open. If we got to target DJ Moore, Cole Komet, you know, your two best guys that have seemed to give you the most opportunities this season, do it. And that's what I saw. Like, it was like quick, decisive, stop thing. Like, like everyone had been talking this week in like our in the fan base and in other media sections was stop thinking, just throw, you know, the Ohio State mentality in yeah. many regards. And I, I was like, there, perfect. Well, they went back to it because they they have a defense that allows you to do that. But then they went, but then they went conservative. And yeah, you're up 21. But you know what happened is they course corrected to the point where they said we're going to just stay slow, no gas, put a little break on it. And I'm going to tell you right now, Steve, one of the worst things about coaching that I dislike, especially for decisions like that, 
is I am a guy. You don't take your foot off the gas. You always put the thing to the floorboard. It, good teams hit the floorboard with the gas pedal, and they continue to beat you over the head until you are done or you know you are out of range some point in the fourth quarter. Good yeah. teams do that. You don't take your foot off the gas in the third quarter like that. Expe- you don't do it. Especially when you know that we're limping in with our defense. We are limping in with a new – Ibrafus is now back calling defense. We don't have depth in that defense to begin with. One more injury, and it was going to be even worse than what it was. And I tweeted it. I said, do not take your foot off the gas. And that doesn't mean you come out and throw four verts and throw it up for somebody. That just means, oh. hey, Luke Getze, you know all the play calls you just made? Start over. Go back to the very first one and start going back down because everything was working to your disposal. Everything was working that you were calling because Justin Fields did not have to think. He just stood in the pocket. I don't. He knew he was going to get hit. He finally did not have happy feet. He just said, screw it. And it said, one, two, get rid of the ball. One, two, get rid of the ball. Oh, you want to move the pocket? You want to do this? Cool. And guess what? They ran like two screens in the most perfect time. I think Lugetti said, screw it. We're done. Let's just call this. And we're going to live and die by it. I think they were trying to run a true NFL offense. They finally went and said, screw it, we're going to do this. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Who cares? And it looked good. Cole Komet. They, and, uh, and something else, tight end is a young, struggling quarterback's best friend. His best it friend. Is. And Cole Komet finally started to catch some passes. It all looked good. And what I'm most pissed off about, I was sitting there going, Am I back in? Am I back in on the Bears all of a sudden? I know the defense sucks. Am I back in? Steve, don't do it. Don't do it. Because you're not a Justin Fields guy. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I did it. And I said, okay, they're going to win. And all of a sudden, it's and I, like I said, 28-28, fine. I do not care because of the defense. I tweeted it. I was like, guys, you realize what defense we have, right? And I know it's the Broncos. I really don't care. Our defense is not the best right now. If we come down and kick a field goal, and put them in a bad situation, if we go to overtime and you continue to call it the way it is, you put yourself in a position to win. I don't care if it took three overtimes, and I know that's not possible. I don't. I do not care. But it comes down to you try to get him to jump off sides. It was wide open for a quarterback sneak right in that moment. Cool. You called a timeout. Cool. I thought they should kick a field goal. They went back out there. I even was even cool I mean, with that. I was cool with I mean, it. Shoot. Like shoot, Steve, I wouldn't have even been had a problem. Like, this is like this is my thing. Like, yeah, you didn't sneak as well. I would have first wanted to sneak. And again, I, I almost wonder if some teams just hate the premise of the tush push to where they don't use it. But like, dude, it's a proven method. Justin Fields is a big is a big guy, biggish guy. Get a freaking heavy package and push that over the line, and ice this game away. Like that's my thing. Otherwise, at the minimum. Like, here's the deal. If you want to not waste time and allow linebackers and your D linemen to clog lanes in a quicker situation, because in RPO, which is essentially what they did was a dive RPO from the shotgun, guess what happens? They get more time to clog up these lanes. So why not just let, unless this this was not out of Justin's hands, I don't know if it was or not, I will not know unless they explain the play. I don't even want to watch Maybe the press Maybe let conference. Justin run it and make Herbert be a lead back. Like, that gives you a little more time to hit a hole. Like, that's crucial, like, second or two that's lost. That D lineman can say, I'm going to beat my guy at the line at the very minimum. I'm going to make you regret wasting that time doing an RPO action to when, get you to do that. When they came back out, 
I didn't know what formation they were in, but I quickly thought to myself, okay, it's got to be one of three things. Quarterback sneak with the Eagles. Some heavy package work. Khalil Herbert, who finally started, I don't know if this was the most breakaway yards he's had, but he started to run really, really well. He It's like he actually had a fire in him this right. week. Like, or the third know. one, who was the hot guy receiving? Cole hmm. Clement. Because yeah. you, you knew you might go to DJ Moore. I, I, that was not even an option. It was one of those three things. One of those three things. I am not a Justin Fields person. And I don't think I'm getting sick and tired of seeing Twitter say run them all the time. But if you're going to run Justin Fields one time, it could have been in that moment. And I'm okay with that because I, I've said this over and over. And I told Greg Braggs this when we had him on. I'm okay with four to five design quarterback runs for him. And guess what? I think they had one or two in the first half, and that was it. If you're going to do it, it has to be right then and there. It has to be something for the tight end, or you find somehow some way to get Cleo Herbert the ball, who was actually on fire. He had 103 yards rushing right. and finally did it. I just I cannot – I don't understand that that choice. And, and some of the collapses going up to this point – I I don't know. It just, I, I want to say that I I'm it's unbelievable, but I don't I don't fully say it's unbelievable. Like, for example, you know, leave, you know, bootleg leaving a man leaving an edge rusher open, and Justin basically has no choice but to say, "Oh crap, what do I do here?" And yeah, in the better case scenario, there you you take the sack, or throw it incomplete. But you know, it just so happens that fate it slips out of his effing hand. Yeah, that. I was listening and, to the and, announcers. And happens to land into Cooper's lap and gets run back for the game-tying score. I was listening to things. the announcers about that. I have a, we have a play, that exact same play in our playbook. You fake the wide zone that way. You come back. You're not supposed to block the end there because of you're hoping that there's somebody behind him to throw it. And if he's in your face, you just throw it out of bounds because you're rolling back. And like you said, it's Bears things. It slips out of his hand. He was trying to throw it away, and all of a sudden, boop. So you can blame play calling for that. You can blame Justin Fields for that. I blame the curse of Lovey Smith still. I am uh, 110 That's pers- becoming a thing. That, that, need, that is becoming a thing every year now. Fired after a 10-6 and six season. It's like how Doug – it's almost like the Doug Flutie curse where it's like, you know, guy is doing decently well. Yeah, it wasn't best of best. Actually, it isn't fully like that. Shut up, Zach. I'm in a mood where I'm just trying to find things to talk like there, right there. But no, it is Lovey Smith. It feels like we are stuck in like some sort of hell because Lovey went, oh, 10 and 6 wasn't good enough. Good luck with that. And ever since then, it's like, yeah, I guess good luck with that because we've had 2018 to rally behind. But even that's a joke with the double doink. That has turned into a freaking NFL joke forever. Is the double doink's going to never go away? Everyone's going to forget that 2018 season happened because of the double, the double doink. But it's you're right. I, I think it's almost like we're cursed. Like Lovey Smith because the 10-6 season, which is at that time, yes, it wasn't good enough because they did start 7-1. and one. We went through this when we talked on our last show. You know, you look back at that year, they start 7-1. and one. If Jay Cutler doesn't go out, who the hell knows where Chicago ends up at the end of that year? And instead, here we are, you know, going through Tressman. Nagy, and now even Eberfuss and John Fox. And see how forgettable John Fox was where I had to add him last? Oh, Which yeah, is we... funny because to me, Eberfuss is almost in that category with John Fox right now. Where it's like, 
oh, well, it's just mediocre, blah, blah, blah. We're going to put it together eventually. And now I'm like, no, you don't got time now. Sorry. Um, you're probably going to be walking out the door and you mainly got some paychecks and had your fun trying to be a head coach for two years. Sorry about it, buddy. Yeah. I apologize. The doink was the worst Lovey Smith thing. It was like, he's going to, they're going to dangle it out in front of you. Then gone. Yeah. You the, know, the curse of Lovey Smith at its peak performance is the double doink. If we're really considering that. <laughs> yeah. I hate questioning play calls. I hate sitting here calling for people's jobs, but God bless it. You know, you're getting paid millions of dollars. And I like Eberflus as a person. Just something ain't. And you know what? Another thing that drew me in was they, they sat Claypool and I tweeted. I was like, maybe he was the problem. Because Someone, my my friend who is at the Rams game right now, I didn't check the score, but he sent me someone already made a meme like that. That basically was the Justin Fields when Chase Claypool's not on the roster, and it was a picture of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> that was from the that's because the first half performance. Keep that in mind. That's how quickly we are talking differences right now. You know, it's uh, wild. Oh, I got people. There's people posting left and right like I am. They're posting pictures of Lovey Smith, and I'm like, I know, I get it. I, I mean, again, like, yeah, I just want to yell 2020 hindsight's 2020, but like, dude, lovey Smith, you have to wonder now you really do at this point because I mean, I don't know if he keeps his job up to this point, but like what happens? It was a 10 and six roster with a good defense back then. And Jay Cutler was actually one of his peak performances during that time in the season. So I don't, I don't know. I don't because know. the whole hiring a defensive coach and all this stuff Lovey Smith was a defensive guy. You listen to Jay Cutler now when he talks on podcasts about how, like, yeah, Lovey Smith cared about defense, but like at least offensively, they would run the ball, run the ball. Jay Cutler's a gunslinger; he can make a play and everything else. I miss Jay Cutler at this point. Like everything, I, I whatever. I I don't even know. I just want to yell. I just want to keep repeating and yelling. Uh, and people can blame okay. the defense all they want. They got to realize how limped into the game we were we were out freaking battered and then there was mo then then in the second half i don't know if people know notice this too the penalties like certain in inopportune time penalties that just started to come up and it was it's like den it's like denver said okay it's your turn guys we, we had our yes. fun we did all these 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 dumb false starts and crap now it's on you. Time to do dumb holds, you know, on some on key pass plays. Time to, you know, also get into false start situations. And then, of course, the brutal, and this one killed me because, you know, I understand that the pressure was there and he's probably going to go down for a sack at this point. But, my God, that freaking grounding call mm -hmm. was so brutal because I'm like, I'm like, dude. You threw it at the worst possible place to throw it where there is no man's land in that route concept. Instantaneously screwing yourself. And you lost the timeout to, to not lose the 10-second runoff. Like, absolutely effing brutal play right there. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's the moment that, like, last year, you know, and this is big media pundit talk because I know Bears fans – they really hate hearing the big media pundits talk about them because they feel it's very out of touch. I'm talking Fox Sports, like FS1 and ESPN. But you know what kept getting brought up? And this is my one critique today of Justin. My one. 
and it's because it's the moment that we were there. You know, credit, I still blame coaches for this setup. He should not have been in that position whatsoever. But last year, a lot of winnable games were final drive. It's up to you, Justin, mm-hmm. to put it together. And what happens? Intentional grounding, two plays later, throws a bad pick. And it was a bad pick. It, it was a well-covered man, man-to-man situation on Cole Komet. Cole didn't turn around in time, partially in time. He was about a se- he was a little bit of a second, half a second late. But the throw was to the wrong side of the player, and it was right to where the defense was playing man coverage. Mm-hmm. Because three play series right there. Because again, absolutely brutal. The critique of Justin Fields is he cannot go through an NFL. I, I can't. If I sat and watch all twenty twenty two, I need to know the play in order to know the progression. But it's been proven already. And like we talked, we had Greg Braggs on, who's one of the big Justin Fields guy. He even said, he goes, he cannot read a defense. He cannot go through a progression. The whole game up until that moment, he didn't have a progression. I think it was literally like, hey, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Get rid of the ball. That's what it was. They basically retooled it and said, F it, dude. Just go out and, to me, this is how I interpret it. Just go out and run your Ohio State offense. Like, read one, read two. One of those two is probably going to be open. If not, go to the check down. If you have it or run, and then, you know, then he's in that position. Now, guess what he has to do? Now he has to go through a progression because they're dropping more guys back on defense and they're going to try to say, okay, now you which, have which to do it. Which isn't crazy because they didn't blitz that much the second half. They ran four man, man rush just from the line. Most of the second half. Right. And credit. That's how you see a lot of the checkdowns. You know, some drops like freaking Justin Herbert dropping uh, I mean, credit. They got down for the field during this drive, but you know, you see, like you're talking miscues, like yeah, a slightly high thrown pass on a checkdown, but Justin Herbert drops it and it's in between his hands. It's mm-hmm. like, what's happening? Wait a minute, was there a freaking like elixir you took in the first half, and you know, it just happened to be wearing off like mid third quarter? <laughs> you I, know, <laughs> that's why it. I tweeted a lot. I said Bears doing Bears things. It's like something. You ever watch Family Guy where they go to find God and they said, would you stop messing with the New England Patriots? And it's because Bill Belichick never laughed. I feel like something out there is like, we're going to do this to the Bears for something. I don't know what it is. It can't be all Lovey Smith. It's been a long time. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I have no clue. Somebody out there pissed off God or pissed off somebody, and it's just something. And I don't even know. And I know, and people could say it was weird. I did see a tweet, and I, and I had a conflicting thought with myself. They said, "We can't just say it's just the Broncos because Tyreek or uh, Tua threaded them, and now Justin Fields is threatening them, and blah blah blah." And they were trying to find a way to make Justin Fields this all big quarterback. And I thought about it, and I was like, "Well, you're you're kind of right, you know, but the Broncos are not very good. Well, they're not. That defense. I mean, shoot, man, Vance Joseph had had." every single portion of his his credentials ripped to pieces last week like any chance someone got a chance to put a pop shot on vance joseph and credit his defense didn't exactly play up to stuff they played pretty damn lackadaisical for for most for the entire game i'll say the entire game even in the fourth quarter i'm like seeing stuff where i'm like dude we have this run games hitting defense their defense is not full effort right now it feels like very sleepwalkish it did denver's defense in the secondary felt sleepwalkish like you heard on the call you know i think it was tiki barber calling out patrick sertan of all people 
for having like off plays, uh-huh. just not and making stupid mental errors. You know, an all pro cornerback or well, Pro Bowl cornerback, the way you know who he is, like really damn good cornerback, and not playing up to snuff, and a defense that has not been playing up to snuff all year, yet somehow we let. And this is what's ironic about this. We let their defense dictate the end of this game, mm-hmm. essentially. Yep. Yes. And besides the fact of a terrible play call going down on our drive that could have sealed and won us a game, essentially, and put the pressure back on Russell Wilson and company. No, we let them dictate the game. Freaking fumble risky for six and a pick and a pick to seal it. Of all freaking things, Denver's defense helped defeat Chicago because of second half offensive incompetence and timing. Good and, effing God. I cannot believe that that is part of the storyline that I have to discuss. Well, and After like watching them drop a 70 burger, the freaking Miami Dolphins dropping the third ever 70 point game in NFL history that hadn't been done since 1966 against that defense. Dear God, man, dear God. And, and when you said you would come on here, I already had a positive thing to say was our defense is not good, but they look like they were playing tough. Like they were some energy. They were flying around. And then all of a sudden, Denver was like, wait a minute. They're out all of their corners and safeties. Their linebackers can't do much. And their linemen were getting pressure on us. But if we get rid of the ball quick. Oh, that's that's right. I have Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton who are like oh. completely undervalued receivers that keep on getting screwed over in this con- in this scheme. Let me use them. Like hey. they are as talents, which they are talented receivers. It's just been they've been effed over by Denver for Matt, a few years now, being Eber stuck Fluce, in a garbage system. Eberlus owes and, me six yeah. bucks because I was so happy with what's going on. I went and got Starbucks at halftime. I was like, I'm going to go get a coffee. This is great. You were that confident. <laughs> I was just Damn. like, well, you know, if they keep up the play cause rate, I was ready to get hurt again. And then at some point in the third quarter, I was like, I'm not going to get hurt again. I'm just not. Wow. And I and guess what. We've been doing this. We did this last year. I was so cynical. I never allowed myself to like be bought in. And I don't know what it was. I was just like, oh, it's fine. And I like Sean Payton. And that was the other problem was I like Sean Payton. I live in the town he played high school football in right now. He's from Naperville. Oh, yeah. He went to EIU. I went to EIU. It's right behind Mm me. But I was like, I feel okay because Sean Payton's team sucks. He just doesn't have the pieces right now. And, and I was like, I don't care if – I knew the defense was going to give up points. I knew it in the second half. I just knew. I knew at some point it was going to break. I'm okay with bending and not breaking or eventually like you're up enough and we win 28 to 21. We win 34 to 28. I really don't care. I got Starbucks. I was like, all right, feels good. Yeah. And Bears are going to do Bears things. Um, this uh it's the life we we are no, we are used to at this point. Like it, it it is amazing how consistent and yeah, like similar, dude. Like I said, I bought in for a little bit. You know, I, I'll admit I woke up late, but I caught up with the highlights. I got everything sorted and saw what was going on. I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, I had I thought this was gonna be a closer game first half, and I'm like, yeah, no, we're we're clearly the better team. You know, we have this. Their defense is complete ass. We have this locked down. And then, again, this is where I talk, like, was there a magic potion in the first half that didn't last for four quarters? Like, that's where I get it, because it's like something apparently changed, either good coaching or better coaching on Denver's side, which I know people have been taking pot shots at Sean Payton 
this past week. But I don't know about you, but a good enough coach like a Sean Payton, you know, who is dealing with trying to fix what was a mess he came into, mind you, and has played close games, by the way. Like everyone forgets that two weeks, that the last two weeks before Miami, they lost by single digits in both. They should have beat the Raiders and they let a double digit lead slide out of Washington's hands. So, you know, and Sean Payton does well. He's inheriting a mess for, and he's a legendary coach. You know what good coaches do, even in this situation, they make adjustments. And like, yeah, that that's where I come in and I look at that third quarter and I'm like, huh, someone did change. The other one changed too damn much. Um, there was something somewhere that when if Sean Payton ever starts 0-2 or 0-3, he bounces back very quickly or, like, is able to figure it out. And the Bears let it happen. Matt Eberflus I mean, said... Are, are we going to be Denver's get-well game? Like, are they just going to now go on, like, a pseudo-tear in the next few weeks? Probably. Is that what I'm probably. stepping into right now? Probably. Uh, oh Matt Eberflus has been at the podium. I have not listened to it, obviously. I'm just kind of scrolling through. Um he was asked of the decision to go for on fourth and one instead of kicking the field goal. Uh, I felt confident just because of the way we were running it. It was half a yard. I felt very confident about getting it right there. There's always that. But don't, don't do the fake out then. Like that's what that is the part that kills me, Steve. It's not the fact that they ran the play. It's the fact that they went out there, tried to psych them out, and then came back out there with pretty much the exact same formation and let Denver and Vance Joseph say, "F it, we're going to stack the box." Like, that is what they did. I would have less, so much less of an issue if they just would have ran the play and said F it. Like, that, that, is, that is it. That's it. That is all I care about. Like, yes. why do this overthinking BS? Because that's not how coaches do that situation. You don't see that. You usually go in there and say F it. If we don't get this field goal, we'll let the defense figure this, this shit out, you know? Why overthink it like that? That's the part I'd be asking. Not about like like not about the run because I'm like, yeah, I get the run if you do the first play. Why do it on the second play? Why not just kick why not just kick the field goal after failing to get the offside penalty? Or take That's multiple questions. Or take multiple timeouts. You call a timeout to think, you go out there, you're gonna run a play, you don't like the look, call a timeout, you kick the field goal. Well you can't do that. You d- double timeouts, you'll get penalized for that. Oh yeah, that's right. I keep thinking college. Yeah, sorry. that's how that's how jumbo lies. Sure, like that, that's not part of the situation. Like you can take that timeout like they did, but that's what I'm saying. Like you take that timeout because you weren't going to get it. Kick the damn field goal in that situation. Like that's why. Like I'm not, this isn't to me about like a oh well if it turns out di- like yes you could st- you could argue well if they get the first down you weren't talking. Like, I am well, aware. That's but dude, you gave a defense an extra play to prep. Like, that is a freaking cardinal sin of coaching. Well, Why would you do it? What did you we know? talk about the other day? Justin Fields is getting better at checking plays. So you cannot tell me Luke Getty could not have said, hey, quarterback sneak or other run play, pass play. I mean, you don't like that, it. I mean, time that, out, I'll, field goal. I'll, I'll admit, too, that's part of the conversation if you really want, is that, yes. And, and this is something that's also been part of the discussion with Justin Fields. And I'm not – I still feel it's co- – this one definitely is coaching today. Like, I'm, I'm going to lay it out here. Coaches definitely deserve the majority of the flack here. Yes, Justin Fields had had issues that basically helped cost that game, but it's coaching decisions to me that really doomed Chicago today. But 
that's part of the debate on Justin as well is, well, wait a minute. If Luke, if you are be like the, the comment about being robotic two weeks ago, yep. you know, if, if the problem is you don't like the plays and, I, and that's kind of how I feel is that it was kind of like a dodge of saying, I don't like the play calling. It was saying, I'm feeling robotic out there. That's how people interpret it. You know, don't you have the power to check out of this as well at certain points? Like he has checked out of plays. So I still feel it's a stupid decision that they made, and I still blame coaching for that situation in particular. But, yes, I guess like you can't leave here and fully go, well, to be fair, they did line up essentially with near the same play formation out of the timeout. And if he felt like the box was stacked, you could, in theory, call something else or take it yourself and run it outside or try and – get RPO into like a quick slant or something. I don't know. Like that, that that's part of the debate too. It's the lesser portion because again, you don't go out there a second play. You kick the field goal. If you can't get the five yards, I think I'm just but trying like, damn, to, damn, that is part of the discussion though. I think I'm just trying to, con- to talk myself out of blaming all fully coaches and blaming play calling just because I hate doing it, well, but I, I just no, keep no, no. going like, back I, to I, it. I keep going back to get blaming it. it. I just, I get it. Like, look, if we're being fair, Failings on defense that were present in terms of injury issues have to play into this. Again, Justin Fields for the turnovers, you know, as much as it pains me and I am trying to be sympathetic on that sack fumble, it's a sack fumble that led to six points. And then you have an interception that seals the game. So, you know, like that's what's going to kill me is this week's going to be hell with talking about Fields online. Because here's the deal, you know, and again – Coaching, I'm, I'm trying to reiterate this for anyone watching, coaching was the main issue today. Mm-hmm. But you are going to have people that go, you know, he did throw for 335 and four TDs, but he did kind of give up a touchdown on a fumble and through the game's losing interception and through the intentional grounding two plays later to put them behind the eight ball like that. I mean, it's going to be part of it, but, like, it's going to be a dumb convo because people are really going to be pissed if Justin Fields gets brought up by some folks. I'm already thinking of, like, the three accounts in my head, three of them at least in particular, that will go on a heater and will, like, basically, I don't know how they'll exist on social platforms and not, like, come borderline to having an aneurysm if someone brings up Fields and goes, well, Fields did let that game slip out of his hands, too, (laughs) because you know those people are going to be like, no, he didn't. (laughs) <laughs> and then you're going to get into like garbage in the replies. It's going to be a dumber week than last week. That's what's yeah, so sad. It's going to be it's bad. It's going to be an even dumber week at House Hall than last week, and that's saying something. Because really cause, is. Because I'm going to be. I'm kind of one of those people where I'm like, you cannot fumble that ball there. Which it, I mean, it wasn't even the hit. It literally slipped. He literally was just like this. Okay, right, it just fell out of his hand. Right. It was a. Rec, it was basically Rex Grossman. I call it a Rex, a Rex Grossman because he used to do it all the damn time. And then the the fumble on trying to throw a pass. That the intentional grounding was you lose that timeout and you it, like that's bad. And then you force that ball for the interception. Like yeah. yes, you can sit there and say that is his fault. Now can you blame him a hundred percent for the loss? Absolutely not. I'm not gonna do that. And I'm the biggest Justin Fields critique of all time. I am not putting that on him. Because the, he, they were doing what they were supposed to do. The run game yeah. was working. And I haven't even mentioned the O-line. The O-line got confident. Why? Because they were running the goddamn ball. Right. 
Right. And we it's said going back to the old concepts of last year that were working. Yes. So well. We said that last year about the struggling O line. When they started mm-hmm. to run the ball, I know we only won three games, but how many times in the games last year were there good moments? Well, because they were running the football, they well, were keeping it yeah. tied into chip. You had Montgomery to pass protect when he was healthy. Justin Fields, one, two, get rid of the ball, one, two, throw it to the running back, which gave pressure off of those linemen. And you had long sustained drives that could take the pressure off. Like those were the things that were happening today. And- I'll even add in, like you talk about the run game. It's funny because remember we talked about that with Greg a few days ago. Yes. You know, how weird. You know, they have this committee backfield, but they aren't trying to do the hot hand. They'll just like kill it. And you know what they did today? They let Jordan they let I keep making twenty the twenty four name, I've never let Jordan Howard go, so that's why I do it. But they let Justin Herbert cook. Like they realized, oh wait, he's the hot hand today. Yes. We're gonna let him go. You know, because again, I the complete logic of a committee backfield makes sense in as long as you give the best back playing that day more reps. When you start flipping the script and going, well, it's more load management-y type of garbage, that's when I start hating committee backfields. Mm-hmm. And I go, you might as well have a bell cow like a Derrick Henry at that point. So they basically, and this is where a committee backfield works, is they did that today, where it's like, okay, Herb, you know, if Herbert's a guy, give him the reps. You know, Roshan had a few moments, but Herbert was the main better back today, and they let him cook. And that's how a committee backfield should work. You test it out until one of them takes over and starts hitting those hits better, and you give him the reps because he's on to something that day. He's seeing the vis- the field better, you know? Yes. And then you spell him once in a while with the second back every now and then because you want to, you know, it's committee. Yeah. But that's, that's like one positive is they were like, oh, wait, duh, Herbert has a really good – does really good in, like, situations where it's yards after catch or, you know – he apparently had more drive than ever to churn his legs because, I mean, damn, there were a few runs in the fourth quarter. I'm like, more runs, I'm like, there, we're going to win the game. He, he is well, clearly pounding through this these first two levels and wants to get this this W that bad. Yeah, you know? and then uh, I know Tyler Scott only had two runs, but they two of those runs were jet sweeps, so there was that threat jet of – Jet sweeps, Jesus. That was, that was weird because I haven't seen a jet sweep in a while from Luke Getze. And I was like, "Oh my God, is that very is that very varying and differentiating what your plays are? Is that is that a creative play calling?" <laughs> well, that's what drew me in. Was I'm literally watching it now. I'm a realistic person. Are they going to score every single time they get the ball on offense? No, it's the NFL. It's not going to happen. We have to accept that. But when you're seeing the things that we've been talking about for two and a half years, finally there, it brought me in. I'm like. Maybe they're going to live and die by it if they – I mean, they lost the game, but don't lose the way you lost today. If they would have kept that play calling and just, yes. just just whatever, it's a shootout, whatever, last person gets the ball, scores, whatever it is, if Justin didn't do the things that happened or the the to the not kicking the field goal, if that stuff didn't happen, but those play calls were happening, it's like, you know what, screw it. We can't make him an NFL pocket passing quarterback. I can't be calling these certain plays. If we just call these simple plays – and we live and die by it. We live and die by it because we're 0-3. What do we have to lose? We're getting critiqued by everybody in the world. Um, and that's why it drew me in. And then the Bears turn their ugly head. And, again, I don't know who somebody pissed off somebody. And it 
why does it happen to the bear? So I'm about to put in my application to be a Lions fan because I cannot watch this <laughs> anymore. You know, that I can't believe we have gone that full circle and the Detroit Lions look like the more appealing franchise right now. Like, how the hell does that happen? I don't know. They like, put up a picture. Like really, really uh, you know, I mean, I'll tell you what it, What part of it is, is that you have a you have a head coach that is seeming to create a spark in his players and a franchise that, you know, finally, or that I would say more finally gave some time to let a guy build what he was building as a vision, you know? Well, that's where I, I struggle with because yeah. a picture was put up of, um, of Campbell looking like his first couple years, he was like four and 19 and one. Oh, and yeah, then it was terrible. I remember them call like, I think it was after year two. They were like, no, they need to kick him out of town. Like it was basically like do or die last year. Right, and so and that nine and, and that nine and eight season with with the the fact that they recovered, got out of one and six, like that saved him. And now Detroit, look at them; they look like an NFC powerhouse right now. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna probably win the North, and they're gonna probably be a legitimate player in the playoff picture for the Super Bowl. I, I'm not saying they are a contender, but they're a player in this discussion. Yes, they look that good in all phases right now. Yeah. And that's why I think I saw it yesterday. So even last night, I thought, do you, I, I'm so weird with coaching because I don't like when coaches get fired a year and a half or two years in. So I'm like, you need more time. But then I thought about it last night. But it's like with Campbell in those losses, you saw good things in those losses, though. There was a couple close losses. There was, you know, competitiveness, everything else. And so coming into today and thinking about it last night, I'm like, we should not fire Eberflus. Let's just ride it out because if we can get something churned and because you don't, you want to give coach, I think he's got to have more than three or four years. But then the more we've talked here, the more I'm like, but I think it depends how well or what we're seeing change go during that time. Exactly. I, I am, I am full. I am fully on board. Usually, where I, I I like three years. I think three years is a good year, not only for for coaches, for quarterbacks. You know, you know what you're getting at that point. But the exception to that rule is when you don't see as much when you don't see improvement or yes. anything that's moving the needle. You know, that's the big discussion around Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey specifically. Even shoot, even the defense under Allen Williams and now Eberflus himself. And credit, there's injuries, but like even before that, while Williams was running the defense, while he was here, you mm-hmm. know, that needle didn't seem to move with all the investments that were made. Offensively, they looked the exact same way they ended the season last year, you know. And Matt Eberflus is continuing the losing streak. Remember, this is what's going to be nuts is people pointed out two weeks ago, the Bears' last win was October 24th of last year. Which is crazy. It doesn't feel like it. We're legitimately three weeks away from matching a year of losses. That is how ridiculous this is. And I saw that a couple weeks ago, and I was like, really? Like, you have to think about it. You're like, really? Has it been that long? Yeah, and and again, just to give you an update here on our next opponent, Washington lost in overtime 34-31 to today, and Sam Howell looked pretty damn good. Not going to lie. Keep in mind that they played Buffalo last week. Who Buffalo is, as you saw, they demolished Miami. They are one of the Super Bowl contenders in this league. They are a legitimate organization that is going to go places and continue to be good. I mean, the fact that the conversation around Buffalo, for example, is, well, how good are they? Can they get over the hump? Do you know how badly I wish Chicago was in that convo 
on the national sports stage where we could talk about, oh, they're, you know, they're a 10, 11 win team every year. But are they a Super Bowl team? Are they good enough to get like, I wish we were sitting in yep. that same category in that same like freaking booth yep. as like Buffalo's, the Miami's, the freaking, you know, teams like that where they're like good, but they're like needing one final oomph. It is so depressing being right here, you know, and again, our next opponent, Washington's no slouch. They are definitely a better roster than than Denver. They are definitely going to have a better defensive effort than Denver. Justin Fields is definitely going to be tested way more than Denver does because, fun fact, it's Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera brings a great defense no matter how it works. That's his one good trait in with the commanders is that defensively they have been a solid unit since he's been there. They ain't no slouch. This is going to be a week where I'm like, God damn, we might have, we have, we might have in a less than 14 day span, go five and oh and five. Yep. The ultimate freaking disaster situation. Yep. Buckeye Mike, I hate Ohio State, but I do respect you saying the Bears should have won. I do hate Ohio State with the burning passion, but I'll allow you to be here, but I do hate Ohio State with a passion. <laughs> CJ Stroud ain't looking too bad. That's what's interesting. Um, I, I only say this because when we talk about Justin Fields and others, you know, the combo about Ohio State quarterbacks aren't great, you know, how like the history of them has never shown up. Stroud might be the guy. He's playing pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked about that, but I'm also a very cynical person because I am a Bears fan. And I'm like, oh, just wait for the other shoe to drop next year when there's well, film I mean, yeah, on them, like, you know. I, I know, but I, I, it's funny. But like I said, I'm looking at like every week. Now, that's one thing. Random side conversation. But like, dude, they won like, I think like, I think I saw the score was 30 to 6 today. Yeah. Like CJ Stroud was lighting it up. He's and those, not bad. And those I'm cool, like, holy crap, that's the QB that might break that cycle. Yeah. And you the, know? I like those cool red jerseys, though. That was another thing that got me in a better mood. I saw the, all the red jerseys the Texans were wearing. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Good alts. Hopefully, uh, it's funny because, I mean, <laughs> that alt's cool, but I don't like seeing the orange alts because every time we have the orange alts, we get, we, it's usually in the loss category or like embarrassing loss category. <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, let's see. Everyone's saying Justin Fields. Can we get the monsters the midway look more often than the orange alts anyway? Like that's a better look. Like that that's a better looking jersey and helmet combo. Everyone's saying Justin Fields is a bust, and CJ Stroud's next coming of Tom Brady is so annoying. Justin Fields isn't a bust if you ask me. Well, who's saying that? (laughs) You know, I don't see anybody saying that CJ Stroud's the next Tom Brady. I don't. You know, I, I don't like. Again, my comments on with Stroud. Stroud's looking like any top-tier rookie. Like, he's looking like the rookie QB you want when you draft high. Like, mm-hmm. dude, lots more, way more flashes than any inconsistencies. And Jesus, this guy's going to get next level next year. Like, that's the type of rookie QB performance. He's playing that way. Yes. I don't see Tom Brady yet. But no, like, I don't know who's saying know, that. But I also all. have to add, like, if you're comparing CJ to Justin Fields... You know, if they both get the same pocket presence and all that, and you want to open your offense up, I even, it's weird and I hate even saying this, but uh, do you pick Stroud over Fields right now? Like, and that's not even like an unlegitimate question. That is a real question. I think CJ Stroud's playing better now than when Justin Fields started, if you want to compare it that way. Oh, absolutely. Comparing year ones and year, 
you know, and what I think will be like comparing your ones. Absolutely. Stroud is I'm impressed. Like I, I, I say this, I've been impressed week over week, seeing how he is getting better week over week. And right Mitch now. Trubisky has better numbers than Justin Fields. Just saying that is, that's a can of its own worms. I, so many people last week, last week were getting into that, man. You know, it's like a, it's like a diet version of like the Lovey Smith combo about how we let Lovey go. And this is our fate type of thing. Is like people going, we let Mitch go, and here we are now. I said this when they drafted him, and I said it to you probably as well. Justin Fields is way more athletic. Maybe there's a little more upside, but you basically have the same game plan for a different quarterback. How was Mitch Trubisky going to be successful? When was he successful? Oh, a run game? Oh, you throw it to the tight end? Oh, you move the pocket? One, two, get rid of the ball? Where we heard that before? Oh, it's what we saw today. It's weird. It's freaking mm. weird how that works. You know, everyone take a deep mm. breath. <laughs> We're gonna have attack. I am in I am in hell. <laughs> I yeah, am in hell. This is a living hell, and oh, it doesn't help and- that. My Illinois final line, I I got on here and said things about their game yesterday, and I'm repeating it today. When I watch Illinois, it's just like watching the Bears, so I have to live through it twice in a weekend. Mm. Good God. So then I question all my fandom. The Cubs get eliminated from playoffs. The Illini play like the way they did yesterday. Then the Bears do it today. I question everything. Where, where do you, where do you go from here? I, I think that that's that's kind of where we're at, like conversation wise. Like again, next week you have the Commanders. They are no slouch. They are definitely better than Denver is, and you know of course they beat Denver. But like to me, they are they are better positioned than Denver is right now. And that was right now the most that was the most winnable game of the season so far was against the Broncos. Like one that I'm like, Jesus Christ. That should have been a win, you know, even with the betting odds saying Denver was going to win, you know, and giving them a three and a half odds favorite. I still was like, that feels like a shady one. The Bears to me should win. That is like Denver was that incompetent last week where I'm like, there's no way they're, they're going to get a win. Maybe it's close-ish, but they're going to win. Denver's not that good right now. But I, I, I kid, I guess I, I apparently I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I didn't uh, consider the fact that, oh, yes, the Bears are going to bear at some point now. And that, that's how we are. It yeah. Is, and, or how we are. Yeah. And, like, there was times that Bears defensive line and stuff, got, the Bears had a sack. And I'm like, the Bears had a sack? Like, it was just right, crazy. Right. Yeah, sack? Like, the defensive line had a sack, not the safety. You know, it was the defensive line and the linebackers. I was in shock. And I'm like, crazy concept. Again, I thought the effort that the defense was playing with, blah, 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 blah. Everything could have just came together, win by a touchdown or six points, whatever it is. I don't care. that. Yes, they were up by three scores or whatever it was. I don't care if they went by one score. It just showed that they could battle and get out of that and not make mistakes and everything else. And then it just, as soon as that fumble happened, it's like the doink all over again. As soon as he fumbles that and they score, I was, like I said, said about four times, I was okay with it being 28-21. And getting the ball back, because I was right. like, I was like, milk the clock, milk the clock, get down and just even get a field goal. If you're just running the ball, throwing short passes, like, get a field like, goal. You know, how, you know how hard it is to get three straight touchdown drives. Like that was the thing I was thinking. It was like, even if 
even if they somehow get the ball back. I'm, I'm with you. They're running well, drain the clock, and then, you know, it's going to be a little tough. I didn't see, like, Denver getting two straight. I'm like, there's no way they're getting three to me because it doesn't happen that often. And, and if it does, then, yeah, you, you really, again, as we saw, you know, different way of collapsing, but it would have been still called a collapse. It was the exact same type in feel. So, yeah. you know, it, it just happened to be that, you know, really complete mismatch type of concept with the bootleg and def- defensive end was right there wrap up and fate has it that you have a fumble ruski trying to throw it away yep because that that's going to be the defense's answer when you're moving the pocket and stuff as always just keep somebody on the backside no matter what it is to make sure he doesn't get out or they're not throwing it right here that's what's going to happen but again i said that a couple minutes ago you're gonna have to live and die by that the rest of the year with who you have at quarterback and you know yeah. what? That's who you have right now. So guess what? That's who you have. You sprinkle in your you sprinkle in certain read plays, but most of the time it's just going to be this, and you live and die by it. And if you get the run game going, whatever. But yeah, it was just happened to be they played it, and again they played it perfectly on defense. And I would have been okay with just a sack if he got hit and had the ball. Cool, you're milking the well, clock. Would have because then you still have the lead, and again you get to force them. Say, okay, can you do it a third time? Mm-hmm. That that was the whole thing. That's why I'm. That's why when you know I'm sitting here, I'm like being patient with myself. Where I'm like, don't do this. Do not tell me it's happening. And then I'm like, it's okay. They're, they're as long as they as long as they put them back deep and make it to where you have to prove again that you have to drive down. Like that's at least like something where you you are forcing them behind the eight ball. They are down a touchdown. They have to get one. You know. Mm-hmm. Well. Like you said, if they now what if they come down and score and it's twenty twenty eight and you've got a minute and a half, we have a good kicker, you'd have a timeout or two. Then mm-hmm. you could really see if he could come down and lead and get the field goal. Now, like I said, mm-hmm. if not, you go to overtime and you get another opportunity to compete to to whatever. And I still would I've been frustrated, but I've been like, you know what? They're not really losing it. It's just the 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 depth of the defense is turning its ugly head right now. They've lasted as long as they could. Then it, it's yeah. starting to turn its head. And then we got to remember Sean Payton's on that side. Russell Wilson's on that side. So, I mean, he, which that was part of the conversation underneath was like, you know, all of its defense, like, to be honest with you, it's kind of becoming like a little bit hotter of a story is that Russell Wilson's actually been playing not too shabby. No, he's sneak, offensively. He's just not doing explosive things. But like, if you look at the numbers statistically, like he's playing better than last year easily. Right. It's just that their defense is that low quality right now. Yes. That they can't keep up is the problem. So like it's like that conversation's probably going to increase this this week is now with Russell throwing, you know, three touchdown passes and over 300 yards. I believe it was over 300 yards. I'm pretty sure it was over 300. I got to double check, but like people are going to be like, "Hey, is did Russ get his magic back?" Or was it more that Chicago was just that ass uh, i know. You know i can't wait to. okay it wasn't 300 223 yards three touchdowns 21 28 for 133.5 qbr pretty damn good day all things considered mm-hmm. and that's like good that's and that's even like for the chicago bears defense lately that's actually better <laughs> the best one of the best overall I, the only one I think that's lower, and I'd have to go back and check, and I don't think it is, was Jordan Love, and I think that was like 245. Mm-hmm. 
So this is actually the best pass defense performance Chicago's had all season. And it was Russell Wilson still throwing for three touchdowns and throwing a deep bomb deep in his own side of the field after a fourth and one call that helped set up that 50, the 50, 50 51 yard field goal from Will Lutz, who, by the way, as of course the announcer's curse has to work this way, had apparently missed all of his 50 yarders this year, but happens to drain that one. They said it on broadcast. You can go and check. They're like, he's missed all of them. Or he's missed his 50-yard attempts this season. Drains his 51-yarder. Yeah. Gets it, sneaks in for the right side. And we almost blocked it. And we almost almost blocked blocked it. Yeah. So, yeah, Russell Wilson. That's the thing. That's the best. That is the best effing pass defense of the day is 223 and three TDs (laughs) with seven incompletions. Dear effing God, this isn't even midway through the season. And there are be- there are still damn good quarterbacks coming up. Sam Howell, I would argue, is playing at this level right now for the most part, if not better in late in recent games. Sands Buffalo. Yep. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Yep. So the big question mark is: Is there firing happening? I think you got at least you kill a coordinator. Like uh, this is to me, this is the moment. Like a game. Like you know, like. The, the the big the big catch twenty two. Well, we want we we see a coach is bad. And we want to fire him, but we can't do it because the Bears don't want to. The Bears are are, are a classy organization that they can't do it. They won't fire mid season. But if we don't fire mid season, we sit through and miserably go through another year of not evaluating talent properly because we're stuck with a coach that knows he's basically dead in the water, and is trying to ride out the ship. So, I. The coach isn't gone. Matt's not leaving. Unless for some reason it gets to the point where, like, <laughs> freaking George McCaskey snaps a, snaps a nerve and <laughs> says, nope, this is it. I, I, I've seen enough in my life. Or one of the worst, worst scenarios, which would be like Alan Williams, is the best way I can allude to it. But I don't – I, I mean, I don't know Matt Eberflus like that, and I'm not suggesting that. I'm just telling you those are the only two ways that that happens – which means it's very, 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 and I can say this more in infinite numbers, unlikely he doesn't get fired until post-week 18. And I would give him the pink slip no less than 24 hours after his final game of the season. Doesn't matter the outcome. You know, I don't credit shit. I don't know. Maybe they do figure it out, and maybe Justin Fields and company, like they've mentioned, Lions went 1-6. and Maybe they figure it out. Hell if I know. But I feel like for how many times you've lost in the last two years – Luke Getze becomes the sacrificial lamb in this whole mess. And you just say, F it, give it to the quarterback coach, you know, and just let someone else do it. Because that, that's my thing. Like, to me, this is the moment where if you really are the organization, you know, and yeah, firing the coordinator usually is a sign of this is not going to end well anyway, but it's the necessary next step. Like, it really is. You know, mm-hmm. we've gone through the ringer. F it, your own, your own five, try anything. Sorry, Luke, you haven't been great. At least bare minimum give them the ax. It's got to be coming soon. Yeah. It has to be coming soon. They're not, a, they're not over or they're not above firing coordinators. They have done it in the past. So yeah. it's coming. It has to be coming soon. Steve. Yeah. I, I wouldn't see it this week with us playing Thursday. Like Bragg's brought up that good point to us. And I didn't yeah, think you about can't do, it. You can't do that on a short week. But like after Washington, especially if they go 0 6, which. And it feels very likely they're going to go zero and six. I'm being honest. And it sucks because I thought Luke gets. I thought the offense looked fine. 
You know, it was just at the very end, which at the very end is Matt Eberflus telling him to not do things and all that stuff. Well, they were talking to each other. You did see in a few of those shots, they were right next to each other during those crucial, that one of that, those two crucial last drives. So that's, I'm not saying Matt's going to be influencing as much, but like technically a head coach can have some override. Oh, he does. Like, it's, I think it's not recommended for a defensive coach to do that. I wouldn't do that. But, well, I mean, I, you know, thinking about it in my high school coaching career, yeah, if a head coach isn't calling the defense, even if the head coach is calling a certain part in a crucial moment, they are on the headset saying, hey, you better do one of two to three things here. And if you don't do it, like, this is what I'm telling you to do, which it yeah. sucks. But as a head coach, they're going to come down and say, run the football. They're going to come down and say, hey, this. And they're going to do it. And you better do it. And if you don't do it, you know, then whatever. So I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm not. Mm. We will never know unless they tell us, which they're not going to. They're going to keep that to themselves. It just sucks to sit here and say fire Luke Getzey after maybe he figured it out. So the only thing that could maybe save his job is if they go to Washington, have the exact same play calling and nothing bad happens and it looks good, then maybe they go, well, let's just – now he's on a game-to-game basis. The moment maybe. it sucks – then maybe he is gone. Yeah. Short week. The short week's my excuse is that is like you, that's a hard sell to fire like that in less than a week's time is my problem. So that's my thing. I w- that's why I don't buy it yet. But I think like, I don't know. I am not feeling confident about Washington. Like even if we want to be the bare minimum, like, Bare minimum stuff of concerns I have. Pass rush alone, you know damn well Ron Rivera is going to mix that up. Uh-huh. You know damn well Ron Rivera is going to be a tricky bastard in the coverage schemes. You know this. He was he's a freaking good, damn good defensive coordinator. He has, been, he has made a living off having excellent defenses on his coaching stops when he has been to Carolina or here in Washington they're going to make it trickery make it with tricks and treats and all you want freaking Halloween references galore. I'll throw it out there, but I, I, I know for a fact that element alone, I am sitting there and going, I just don't see the same sleepwalk defense type of mentality coming out of the commanders because I don't and credit. Yeah. They gave up 34 to the Philadelphia Eagles, but then I stop and pause. Oh yeah. It's the Philadelphia Eagles guys, mm-hmm. a Super Bowl contender. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, who has revitalized his career by going yep. to Philadelphia. Yep. Like, Jesus Christ. They, like That's where I'm saying, I'm like, that's a good team. You put in Chicago, who, from what we underst- what we look and at the immediate tape, and you'll probably look at the All-22 knowing you, because you have that, is, you know, it looks like they dumb down the offense to make it quick react, get the shit out there. And... I know for a fact they're going to send the heat more more efficiently than Denver does because they have that personnel to do it. Yep. So yep. it's going to be weird next week. Short week. And D- better team coming coming you're going to DC. Short with week. With a crowd that's come back and has started selling out stadiums more because the ownership's different now, you know. That's that's the thing. Short week, you have to go there. And after this emotional thing that just happened to you, and now you have to immediately get it out of your mind, which as a professional, they have need to, but they're human. 
and like you said, Washington's sitting there saying we played tough and we lost in overtime. We're going to be pissed off. Let's take it out on the Bears. That's what's about to happen. And oh my God. The, the Bears could possibly, possibly, possibly not win a game. It is, I don't know. if I really don't think we get there. Like Maybe the Vikings because they're struggling. The Raiders. May, well, maybe. The Raiders are the one I think yes. would be the next one. Like, honestly, like Minnesota, like people have been like, oh, Minnesota. I'm like, guys, Minnesota is one of the best was one of the best 0-3 teams out of the market. The only like they've lost all three of their contests up until this week. They won, by the way, again this week. So wasn't going to happen against Carolina. Maybe they beat Carolina. That's the other one I can think that they can get a win. And that's coming up in the near future. Like the Bears schedule is very like it was top heavy. And then when we remember when we talked about it, like yeah. more of the like middle sections a little softer. And then the end of the year is a freaking freaking slog of just good franchises. Well, they get the Lions so, th- twice out of three weeks. Right. And Detroit is, as we just talked about, one of those big boy players in the NFC playoff conversation. They will be. Like, I don't like Green Bay showed its cards. It's it's better than people thought, but it's not there. They're not there there yet. They still have a ways to go. Minnesota is putting themselves behind the eight ball, but they're a better team than their record shows. Mm-hmm. Hell, Kirk Cousins? Jesus Christ, Kirk Cousins. Like, you look at his numbers this year? Good God, he is, like, playing at one of the best levels of any quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, he is on a tear. Imagine him coming into Chicago with that defense set up right now with Justin Jefferson. I am telling you, Minnesota, I, I am scared when the Bears play Minnesota. I'm scared when the Bears would play Detroit. Not as much for Green Bay, but keep in mind, Green Bay blew them out at home. We have to uh-huh. go to Green Bay, which is a freaking nightmare in Bears history, dating basically back to when Brett Favre came to town. Like, it doesn't matter what head coach. Even Lovey Smith, who is the third winningest head coach in Bears history and the last, to me, good to great head coach Chicago has had. Like, I put him borderline there because of just his production, but, like, still winning record, got him to a Super Bowl, got him to multiple NFC championship games over his tenure. I argue that was a successful coaching tenure overall. Mm-hmm. But you know what he still wasn't great at? He never had – he does not have a winning record against Green Bay. Like, we have been that downtrodden against Green Bay for that long to where Lambeau Field is a house of horrors every single time. Mm-hmm. So – and Jordan Love has had off times and company, but, like, Green Bay still is competent. Matt LaFleur is still competent. I cannot say that the Bears are anywhere near competent like the other three franchises in our division, in which we have five games left alone to play those three franchises. Yeah. I'm, I think I got everything out. I'm still a loss for words. I'm just going gonna... yeah, to. I'm about done. I could keep just getting pissed off all day, but I'm. I'm I, I'm now wanting to somewhat cut that because I'm. It's part hangry, but like it's mostly angry. I'm mainly just angry. The hunger does not help this anger either. Yeah, this, I don't even know. Is there anything else to get off our chest? I think I got it. Uh, now it's um, just trying to catch up on the freaking post-game Yeah, I mean, crap. again, just convo, just buckle up, everybody. We're going to have a really freaking weird next four days. And just, I hope to God that they took something from the positive like two and a half quarters 
and maybe found some sort of click to where they'll beat Washington. But man, this was the one you need to get to shut everyone up. Uh-huh. And you in the in the worst way possible, you let you lost. Like, yep. It would have been better if they got blown out. I will be honest. It would have been better if they had just gotten blown out. If that was the situation, then losing by giving up 24 straight points. Well, the, I I didn't know how to tweet this at all. I was trying to come up with words. I was like, did they just do this on purpose to tank? They were like, oh, shoot, we're about to win. We got to tank. <laughs> well, hey, everyone's talking these days about the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Although, hey, don't tell that to every Bears fan because every Bears fan will also rip it. Some Bears fans will rip into you and say, Caleb Williams isn't the problem. We're the problem. And you know what? I don't know anymore what the problem is. I do think like it's it's just everywhere. Like really, like it, it's like sharing a freaking pizza. Everybody gets a damn slice. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like you get the whole pie. Everybody gets a damn piece of the pie. Yep. It's not one. Not one person's gonna just get removed out of this equation. You get one. You get one. You get one. Look at yourselves. All of you have some sort of responsibility in this problem. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's that's that damn simple. Well, I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm good too. I'm uh, I'm gonna go get some food, and hopefully, you and I will have a much better conversation next time. Don't know if we will. I'm back. I should have. I'm gonna keep my usual self and not expect anything because that's yeah. the best course of action anymore these days with the Bears. I'm gonna go back to being cynical, and even if the Bears are up 21 to nothing on Thursday, I'm gonna say nope, nope. Nope. Pain. Not Such until pain. that buzzer goes off. Nope. Not happening. Such pain. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time in our therapy pain session. Really? See you later. <laughs> <laughs>